Hello guys, it's the NTT20 betting show with Ali Maxwell and George Ellick looking ahead at the EFL weekend and trying to find some value, trying to find some winners. This podcast is for over 18s only and we ask that anyone listening uh, to be gamble aware, visit begambleaware.org to better understand the risks around gambling. Uh, George, last weekend, well I was two of three in what I'm calling open play. That's our sort of general picks, leaving aside the bonus. Um, But the one I didn't win was my nap. And you were one of three, but the nap was the winner. So I think overall that sort of levels things out between us. Uh, Still no dice from either of us on the the bonus bet. So I was right that Charlton would score from a corner against Derby. But of course, it was Saar that nodded home, not Pierce, which is a bit of a disaster. Um, What's news from us? We've been scouting out on the road, watching some games this weekend, or sorry, this week, watching one game in particular, which was... Coventry and Fleetwood in Birmingham last night. It was a, a, another enjoyable EFL midweeker. Probably won't be the best game we'll see all season, though. No, um, it wasn't a great game. The 2-1, I think, uh, flatters the game itself. I'm not entirely sure how there were three goals and a game of a few chances. Um, but I think we saw enough from both teams in kind of short periods, Fleetwood in the first half, Coventry in the second half, that shows why they're amongst the teams chasing promotion. But, um, you know, as a fan of another team with the same aspirations I didn't leave particularly um you know scared of either going forward but um yeah not a great game and a, a quite a strange atmosphere you have to say mm. have to feel have to feel sorry for the commentary fans that that's their that's their home uh, game just one stand open uh, and the Fleetwood fans were, were decent but um yeah I think we'll see better on our travels this season sadly due to scheduling it it didn't feel appropriate to send it quite as much as we did in Leeds a couple of weeks ago so no karaoke this time but an enjoyable trip to Birmingham uh, some especially a nice post-match pizza though very nice post-match pizza and some lunchtime fried chicken as well so um, we, yeah. cer- we certainly ate well I actually won't be eating for now two to three days uh, based on what we had uh, out there George am I right in saying that there's an extent to which uh, on, on the betting show going forward and, and with us going forward you're sort of mixing what I would call wife and mistress by which I mean the day job and, uh, and the podcast I'd say the day job in the day job. Uh, yeah, very <laughs> excited to um, to announce we're in kind of launching a bit of a partnership with Oddschecker going forward. Um, I've worked for Oddschecker now for over two years, uh, and they are going to be kind of on board with us, uh, not to the same, same extent the Black Type were on the betting show last season as a sponsor. Um, but going forward, there will be an exclusive tip from either Ali or myself, or both of us, um, on the Odds Checker app. That's the only place you'll be able to find it. It'll come with a little written article as well, explaining to you why we think it's a bet. We won't talk about it um, on the podcast, although we might tease it a little bit, as I will for this weekend. Um, And the key thing for this is to download the Odds Checker app. Um, You can do so if you look at our Twitter um, there will be a link posted this afternoon, which will take you directly to the App Store in order to download it. Um, Realistically, it's Anyone who's listening to this, I assume, has a passing interest in betting and it's just an absolute no-brainer to do so because you can connect your betting accounts to the app and then make sure that you are betting at the best possible price always. And you can do it straight through the app as well so you don't even have to leave in order to place your bets. Um, so look, so download now. In the future, when we talk about prices, we're going to be going off the best price on the app without even mentioning the bookies. So if you want to follow this alongside knowing um, where you can bet them just quickly now, Look on our Twitter account, click on the link, download the app, the Odds Checker app through that link. Um, and going forward, that will be the plan. And uh, 
this weekend's tip is a first goal scorer tip. It's not a centre-back, so you can probably tell that it's from me rather than Ali. No, no hold um, on, that's not fair. You, you said it might be from you, it might be from me, it might be a mixture of the two. Yesterday, we said, OK, let's take yeah. fif- let's take 15 minutes to go through individually. 15? Uh, well, two, two hours and 15 minutes. Sure, yeah. Let, let's take some time individually to go through the slate and to come up with a, with a first goal scorer pick. And I think the, there was only one person who was on both of our shortlists of three or four, and, and that's who we went with. So I would say this is a more collaborative pick. Um, yeah, I, I feel like a lot of people listening to the uh, betting show will, of course, be aware of Odds Checker. Um, for those who don't use it, it's kind of like doing a maths exam without a calculator, isn't it, really? It's just sort of limiting yourself, which feels like a, a strange thing to do. So head to our Twitter page, uh, further information there. George, we have to get... And if you, and just if, if you don't have Twitter, um, then I guess, and you want to get the link, um, you can email us on ntt20.pod at gmail.com and then we'll ping it over to you as well. Okie doke. Uh, let's get into our selections now. We've waffled on more than enough. Uh, where are you going for your best bet in the EFL this weekend, your nap? League one. It's Tranmere Doncaster, and it is piling on the misery on Tranmere and backing Doncaster at six to five. Um, Tranmere have had a. It looked for a second like a bit of a, a renaissance, you have to say, after the one nil win against Coventry, um, and then you know picking up a point at home to Southend, what was a pretty atrocious uh, result for them, but another point when they haven't had very many. Then they were absolutely trounced by uh, Sunderland on Saturday. Sunderland really letting the handbrake off after Jack Ross leaving and, and Phil Parkinson immediately endearing himself to the uh, Stadium of Light Faithful by encouraging them to play attacking football and uh, letting the shackles off the likes of Watmore and Grigg. For them to go ahead and then to go further ahead, quite something quite novel for Sunderland and their fans. I mean, it's, it's so scripted and anyone who, um, any Jack Ross defenders out there uh, who's, who, who've watched that game or seen the highlights will understand now why it was so frustrating for Sunderland fans to have to endure the patient and risk-averse tactics of Sorry, the previous who, manager. Who's, uh, d- who's scripting it? Netflix? We, we, we digress, because I'm not talking about Sunderland okay, here. Um, Tranmere, as I say, looked like they went through a bit of a renaissance. The truth is that commentary result was a false result. They were absolutely battered all game and nicked it very late on, but barely created anything and, and should have been behind when they did go ahead. Uh, looking at the only other games they've won this season, there was a 5-0 win against Bolton, which was when Bolton weren't really even a football team. And then a decent 2-1 win against Burton, which we have to give them credit for. But they come into this off the back of that horrific defeat. They're, they still are losing key players. Um, Ferrier and Perkins both out of this one. And Doncaster come here on the back of a demolition away from home of, of another very good team. Uh, sorry, another very poor team in Southend. Uh, the, the red cards obviously helped. So that is going to add a gloss to, to the result. But even so... Um, to score seven goals against a, a divisional rival is always pretty impressive. Um, they had a blip early on this month. They lost to Portsmouth. They were well beaten against Oxford. But they've come back by, by two, two back-to-back um, victories against Bristol Rovers and Southend. And you just feel like here, there's a one-class team as one team who are really going to struggle. Uh, and at odds against, um, despite the fact they're away from home, I think Doncaster are... Um, a massive bet here. I, I watched the Tranmere game against Southend uh, for Sky on, on Friday night last week and it was appalling. You weren't uh, enamoured South- by that, it's fair to say, sitting next to me. S- End were easily the better team for the first half. We've just spoken about how poor they are. And Tranmere, despite you know pushing, as you'd expect at home, losing to a, a decent team, they put on some pressure later on but never really looked like scoring. And I think we're still lucky to get their point 
even though at the end after they scored the the the, uh, the penalty, they probably were the more likely to win. But I don't think anyone can leave that game saying they they were robbed of their three points. Um, this is a poor Tranmere team who are sinking pretty quickly back into League Two, and I think Doncaster are gonna, as I say, pile on the misery on Saturday. Okay, a bit of deja vu for regular listeners of the podcast because I'm picking Port Vale as my nap. They're at home to Oldham on the weekend. They've got some making up to do with me, Vale, uh, and I'm giving them an immediate chance to do it. Uh, at home to Oldham, the time to make amends. That is because they were my nap last week for a similar price at home against Stevenage and they only got a one-all draw and to be quite honest with you, they didn't deserve more than that. It wasn't an, it wasn't an unlucky loss in terms of a, of a punt. It was just a, a poor performance. They did go and beat Bradford uh, in midweek, a bit of a smash and grab there, but they are a very different side at home and away and, and I don't want to overreact to, to, to that disappointment against uh, Stevenage, especially because they're up against an Oldham side that we don't rate very highly. We find um, frustratingly inconsistent uh, and a team that feels like it's not far away from a bit of a meltdown. They did get a, a win themselves in midweek against Walsall Oldham, and and that's not something really that would make me rate them that much higher in the in well in the short or mid term. The the low level of performance from Walsall recently um, and the inconsistency of this Oldham side, the majority of their performances having been fairly poor this season, means I'm still happy to take Vale here. That's because as I mentioned last week, their home record is very strong. Four wins, three draws and no defeats at home. Still the best underlying numbers at home in the league. That's XG ratio provided by the Fox Punter rating service. Um, they are getting on well at Vale Park despite um, a bit of a slip up last week, a hiccup against Stevenage and Oldham have lost four of their seven away from home. The one win was back in August against uh, Cambridge in general. They've travelled miserably well and, and that's reflected in both the results and in the numbers. So, Hopefully, this time, Vale can, can up their game a bit, raise themselves uh, after last week's disappointment and get the win that, that I need. Because if they get this win, all will be forgotten. We'll be around level, um, having having picked them twice in a row. Uh, you can find 2.1 at the moment as we record if you sniff around. But uh, the best you'll probably do is even money. So I'll take it at even money. Um, and uh, yeah, Port Vale, my nap. Following on from you picking Doncaster against Tranmere. So, across the rest of the divisions, George, where are you finding some value? Back to the Championship and siding with a team who have won more points at home than any other in the, in the league, and that is Preston North End, who are played 7 1 5, drawn 2, lost 0, and they host Blackburn. Uh, Blackburn's away record isn't as bad as it maybe was last season, uh, given they've won two games on the road, but they've still lost four of their six. The two victories were against Hull and Reading. Uh, you know, a different uh, kettle of fish, I guess, to what they're going to be facing against, against Preston. And even that Hull game, Hull missed a penalty at 0-0. Um, so maybe a fortuitous win there. Um, and Blackburn, you know, are really struggling. You're looking at recent games on the road. They were, were very well beaten by QPR, 4-2. Uh, of course, on midweek this week, they lost to Birmingham 1-0 and deserved to lose. The, the, the form is stuttering and struggling. Even the last two home games have been uh, draws against Forest and Huddersfield, two teams again who aren't really in rich, rich veins of form. So, at even money, I think Preston, you know, that suggests 50% chance Preston win the game, I think, quite clearly, in terms of historical stats, um, that isn't right. I think that Preston are far more likely to win this. And um, as such, the even money is undoubtedly value. So, a pretty easy, easy bet for me. Not often you say this in the Championship, and I'm sure it'll, um, you know, come back to bite me but I think the Preston are unquestionably a decent nudge at even money Okie doke I'm also sticking 
in the championship. Similar sort of thing, really. Bristol City to beat Wigan. Now, no surprise, really, um, that I will be focusing on Wigan here. If Preston have the best home record in the division, well, it's obvious that Wigan's away record is right down there. Um, Bristol City available even money here with a couple of bookies. Uh, on the exchange as well, I think it will probably go off shorter. So let's try and get on that nice and early. It's hard for us. We were talking about it in the car back from, from Birmingham. To what extent are we concerned about Wigan with regards to, to relegation? Um, their current form is strange because they've won their last three home games and they've lost their last three away games. That the, There is a, a cloud of sorts hanging over the club or, or developing, I think, over the club. The, the continued frustration about this away form um, is is not helping, I imagine, Paul Cook do his job. At the same time, it's up to him and the players to, to banish the issues with away form and, and they don't appear to be able to do that. Just a reminder, um, having lost last night, a Wednesday night late against Derby, having had the better of the game by all accounts, that means their away record since joining the championship at the start of last season is 12 points from 30 games Two wins, six draws and 22 defeats. So 22 losses out of 30. Their home record, of course, well, it's about as good as, as a team you'd expect to be up in, in playoff contention. 54 points from 29 games. So 42 points more from one game less. Um, overall, they've scored the fewest goals in the division this season with 10. Uh, they're bottom of expected goals for as well. So this isn't a case which sometimes you get early on in the season with a bit of variance where um, they might be creating a lot but not finishing their chances. That's not the case. A lot of criticism being targeted towards Kiefer Moore. Um, but if you look, he's, he's really not having much created for him. He's not the sort of player that creates an awful lot for himself. So to have him as your number nine in a 4-3-3 and to not be creating much for him, that's an issue. Their, their wingers low and, and massy at the moment chipping in in the home games and basically absent in the away games and they don't get many goals from midfield. Windass, for me, their biggest threat from, from a midfield area but doesn't seem to be getting the minutes uh, to suggest that, that Paul Cook's particularly fond of him at the moment. So um, they've scored seven goals in their last 12 games. That highlights the, the major issue that they have. Uh, you know, if I was to be quite flippant but bordering on truth, I would say that the biggest threats they have are Shea Dunkery and, and Cedric Kipre from set pieces. Um, and then some of the games they've won this season have been sort of down to that. Uh, as for Bristol City, who I'm obviously picking to win here at Ashton Gate, I, I'm not going to ignore that I've said before, I, I almost prefer them away from home than at home. Uh, they got a late winner as well on Wednesday night in a game that I think they find themselves fairly lucky to have won. Um, so it's not that I feel too strongly about them, more that I feel very strongly anti-Wigan. Um, it, it almost seems surprising that Bristol City are in fourth because they feel to, they sort of feel like they're bouncing along a little bit, haven't necessarily hit top gear. Um, but that part of the division is so squashed at the moment. I don't think the league position actually means very much at this stage. You have to look at the, the groupings in terms of points. So much can change in, in just a few weeks. So uh, I, I think fans would agree they've got a few issues at the moment, Bristol City, including finding a striker that's going to score goals consistently. Um, Jeju will be suspended for this one after a red card. So Rodri, who they signed a couple of weeks ago, he might come in for, for a start. I, I haven't seen enough of him yet. He was involved in their w winner 
uh, in midweek. Good hold-up play. Um, we'll see if he can be more of a goal threat than Semenyu, uh, Semenyo and, and Jeju. Uh, either way, I'm picking them to win. I think they're, they're a better team. Uh, they have got threats across the park from midfield especially. Um, and I'm hoping that Wigan's away form, for, for my sake anyway, continues to be as bad as 22 defeats in their last 30 suggests. Uh, one more uh, selection before our bonuses, George. League two for you? Yeah, keeping the faith of Mansfield. Uh, tipped up Mansfield. Uh, no, I didn't tip them up, but backed them on Tuesday. Um, and they frustrated me as ever where they, you know, they completely battered Salford and lost 2-1 in a game where they, I think they had the most shots uh, or amongst the most shots and the most shots in the box of any team in the uh, EFL on Tuesday night. They also, I think, won the XG battle 2.5, 0.4 or something. So um, it's frustrating and a bit of a concern here is Danny Rose's injury, but they do have such an array of attacking talent. You have to think, I mean, Otis Khan finally making his mark at Mansfield now in the last few games, really looking lively. Uh, Nicky Maynard getting amongst the goals at long last. And of course, they've got Andy Cook to come in as well, who uh, got that brace against Forest Green when they're coming back from 2-0 down the other day. So losing Rose is a blow, but they've got the players to step in, as you'd expect from a club who invested pretty heavily in the summer. Um, Walsall, on the other hand, really, really desperate. And you're seeing some pretty concerning uh, quotes from Daryl Clark at the moment where he's not defending his players, he's hanging them out to dry. And I think it's fair to assume that come January, a lot of these players who are going to be playing on, on Saturday aren't going to feature. Uh, Matt Sadler's out after for suspension after his red card uh, on Tuesday. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily an issue because he's had a poor season so far. Uh, Kaelin Lavery and, and Danny Guthrie also out as well. So some issues there and just, you know, it's very hard to be positive about anything at Warsaw at the moment. And I don't think it would, it would take a particularly good performance from Mansfield to win this game. Um, and I'm not convinced that the market has realised that Mansfield are actually performing quite well now after what has undoubtedly been a really disappointing start to the season under John Dempster. I do think they are now a team who are going to get the results to push themselves back up towards the top end of the table where they aspire to be. And this game against Warsaw provides a very, very good opportunity to do so. And because I don't think the market is quite up, I mean, Warsaw have lost their last four games, uh, conceding 3-3, three, 2-2. Three, two two. I think that the attacking talents that, that Mansfield have and the way they are now creating chances is going to make this a very, very miserable evening for Daryl Clark, two managers, I guess, under some pressure, although I'm sure Clark will get the time that Dempster probably wouldn't. Uh, but I think it's going to be Dempster who comes out on top on Saturday, eight to five. Nice. Okay. Exciting that. I'm going with Plymouth away at Exeter at 3.4. I'm quite excited about this one. Um, Plymouth have had, well, it's been a big turnaround in the last week or so, hasn't it? I mean, after their draw with Swindon, you're looking at a team that, that had only won one of their last six or seven, I think it was. Um, since then, they've beaten Carlisle comfortably at home, 2-0. And they've beaten Leighton Orient, 4-0 in, in midweek. Um, interesting point here is that after the Swindon game, Mayer was suspended for Carlisle, missed that game. And Cooper came in, having done very well off the bench against Swindon. The, the idea being, or the issue being, that Cooper, as much as a talent as he is, uh, finds it difficult to find a spot in this team when the sensational Danny Mayer is, is, as you'd imagine, in that number 10 role. So um, Cooper essentially came in, took his chance against Carlisle, uh, and with Mayer back in midweek, he, he was left on the bench. Um, so he didn't come straight back into the team. Cooper stayed in, in his spot, played brilliantly again, and they won 4-0. So it's, uh, it's an interesting dilemma, but as they say, it's a good dilemma for, for Ryan Lowe to have. And it was kind of when I was thinking about how many of their players are hitting form at the moment that I 
came to the conclusion that this is a team that I, I want to get with um, this weekend. I think when multiple players start to hit form like they have, th this Plymouth squad suddenly looks a bit more impressive. They've got Joel Grant scoring goals for fun at the moment. He scored in, in four consecutive games. Uh, midfielders like Sarsovic have been coming to the fore and, and defensively they look pretty good. Not quite as good as, as I would hope, but pretty good, I would say. Their away record is, is not amazing this season. Two wins, two draws, three defeats. That's going to be part of the reason why they're short against this Exeter team. Um, but also, I think there's probably still a feeling that Exeter are, you know, uh, they they were up there so much so in the first 12 games of the season that they're probably being priced up still as a, a title challenger. Um, and Plymouth potentially as, as a team towards mid-table, which is where they, they were until over a week ago. There's actually only three points between the two teams now. And I think that actually Plymouth potentially, if, if, I'm, if I'm looking at the last month or maybe six weeks of football, I would suggest that Plymouth might be the better side. So I'm going to absolutely leap at this price, um, the form that they're in. Uh, Exeter hitting potentially a bit of a um, a bit of a sticky patch. They've lost their last two games, uh, four nil and three one, both away from home. Um, and I think look, there, there are a few teams across the EFL who started the season well, but who we might have looked at the games, we might have looked at the underlying numbers, noticed that they were tending to edge very tight, very even games, and and suggest as we always do, as we bang on about rather tediously, that that's not going to last ninety nine percent of the time. You know. Yeah. You can find edges here and there, but ultimately you're either going to have to find ways of, of dominating games to a greater extent, or at least dominating chances uh, in both boxes to a greater extent, or the percentage of wins is going to fall down. So, you know, not to go too far the other way on Exeter, but I think that is what we're seeing to some extent. And, um, and I think this Plymouth side might turn up in high spirits, in good form and get a win at St. James Park. And at 3.4, I'm very excited to be on that as my final general selection, which just leaves a bonus selection, George. I'm interested to know how you're approaching this one this week. Yeah, very keen on this as well. I don't normally say that about the bonus, but uh, it's first v third, it's Forest Green v Crew, um, And this might upset. I mean, I basically said a few weeks ago with Forest Green that either the results were going to dip or the performances would change and the performances have changed and the results have have maintained uh, they currently rank second for xg ratio in the last four games and about seventh for the last eight uh, that is a massive difference to, to the output early on in the season and it seems like mark cooper has certainly changed the strategy uh, and now forest green are looking very good going forward and are pretty solid at the back as well um crew are the next team that i'm going to say something is going to change they might be table toppers but I don't think that's going to last very long at all. Um, they are mid-table in most underlying number metrics. They're about, I mean, they're, they're next to Walsall in, in terms of the last four games. Um, picking up results, of course, but I mean, the nil draw with Colchester on Tuesday night isn't a great result. They beat a very poor Carlisle, like Carlisle team 4-2. Um, but I'm just not convinced this is going to last. And I think this is a very good opportunity to, I mean, you mentioned find an edge. I, I don't think that Crew are one of the best teams in the league in, in the way they're performing. I think that Forest Green are massively improved. And uh, this comes at a bit of a sweet spot moment for the two teams to play against each other. I think Forest Green look a, look a decent bet to me. Their crew are the favourites for it, which I don't think is right. I think Forest Green are the most likely winners, especially the way that they are being set up at the moment. And because um, it's a bonus bet, I mean, I'm going to be backing them to win the game at, at about 19 to 10, but I'm going to back the minus one as well for Forest Green, which is 11-2, to two, um, because we've seen they covered the handicap uh, against Morecambe with a very, very late goal, it, it, you have to say. But, but you know, they are 
a team who are now scoring goals pretty readily. They went 2-0 up against Mansfield before conceding. Um, they covered the handicap against uh, Crawley. They covered the handicap against Salford. If this game goes as I think, I think Forest Green could you know, send Crew home uh, having to rethink their status in League Two because uh, I think there's a, a better team here facing off against one who's in a bit of a false position. Yeah, quite so interesting. For, that, that Forest Green minus one. Nice, okay. Quite interesting that I've sort of cast a, an aspersion of sorts over Exeter and you've done the same against Crew, two of our of our early leaders. Potentially good news for the likes of Cheltenham, Forest Green, Bradford, Newport, Swindon, Plymouth. We'll, uh, we'll see. Maybe something to talk about more on the Monday pod. My bonus pick is a central defender to score first in an EFL game, which I mean, do not adjust your sets. It's um, it, it's big. It's big. Do you know what? It's actually someone I've picked before, and that might seem like a cop out. But actually, when you've when you've when you've got a list of sort of ten that you've you have fancied, and some of them have gone close, some of them less so. Um, you know, these are the same names that do pop up in my research each week. So I think there's come a time where it's probably worth looking back at, at using some of those again to try and, and make sure that that we don't miss out when they do score first. Ben Richards, Everton is the man that I feel most strongly about of my shortlist. Um, he plays for Bradford. He missed a few games because the last time I picked him, he got sent off. Um, and uh, But he's, he's back in the team. He is a serious threat from set pieces. Aerially, he is massive basically and he wins a lot of a lot of balls they're, they're up against manchester uh, against manchester what the hell they're up against macclesfield what the hell <laughs> they're up have against to, have to put an explicit sign on this, uh, on this podcast now after um, that outburst it, i think you, you pretty much swore on monday which i thought was a bit naughty um yep. anyway they're up against macclesfield uh, bradford and macclesfield uh, quite an interesting side because they are 14th five wins five draws five defeats um we talked about them being ninth on Monday and they're, they're down in 14th after a midweek defeat. So that kind of says it all about the middle of the table. We were maybe overreacting to them in the top half, but it did feel notable. I think they have or had been running a bit hot. Um, certainly in terms of chances created, they are one of the worst teams in the division based on the, the, the data. Um, a fairly solid defence uh, in all honesty and, and, and just not much of a goal threat. So, I think a lot of their games, there's well, they're not going to be creating many chances and, and generally they've been keeping the opposition at bay for the most part. So I think a tight game, a low-scoring game, I see this one being. Um, and as such, I'm interested in, in Bradford making the difference from set pieces. They look really strong from those this season and recently. They've got a few different targets, but I, I'm still pretty sure that Richards Everton is going to get one soon and I don't want to miss it. So 35-1. to 1. Uh, with Betfair, they give you the each-way terms as well, which I always like to be on just in case, uh, just in case they score later on in the game and you can still make a bit of cash there. So Ben Richards-Everton, could he be the one? I swear we are going to riot so hard when one of these lands and uh, I look forward to everyone being uh, as Isn't happy Isn't rioting as when you're complaining about something? Should we riot if he doesn't score? No. I mean, like, party if he does. No, we're, no, we're rioting, but in a good way. We're on the pitch if Richards Everton scores. That's that's another well, way of the, putting on, it. On the pitch fighting? No, not on the pitch fighting. On the pitch... Looting? No, not that either. <laughs> on the pitch invading. Uh, but again, right, okay. all, let's keep. we're trying to keep it positive, George, at this stage. <laughs> um, because otherwise things are going to start getting a bit messy. Look, thank you for listening, George. I've spent a lot of time with you in the last 36 hours. I'm, I'm the seeing next... you in an hour. Yeah, so. okay. Yeah, we are, we are going for a beer, aren't we? To celebrate hitting 10,000 followers on Twitter, thank you to everyone who does follow us. If you don't, at NTT20pod is the place to be. Join the EFL conversation. Let us know who you fancy this weekend, who you might be punting on, and let us know which of our selections you like or hate. 
Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you and um, we hope to, well, we will talk again on Monday. So stay tuned for that.